Hello, I'm Jim Cuno, president of the J. Paul Getty Trust. Welcome to Art and Ideas, a podcast in which I speak to artists, conservators, authors, and scholars about their work. I still cannot believe why the people all around the world, the, the public people, I mean the governments or the UNESCO, the UN, the others involved in culture or in humanity, why they do nothing to preserve Palmyra, to stop the attack of uh, the militants of Daesh. In this episode, I speak with Walid Al-Assad, former director of antiquities and museums at Palmyra. Launched in February 2017, the legacy of ancient Palmyra, Getty's first online-only exhibition, explored the use of digital tools in the presentation of the earliest photographs of the ancient caravan city of Palmyra, also known as Tadmor. To date, the exhibition has been viewed nearly 200,000 times. A successor exhibition, Returned to Palmyra, relaunched the earlier exhibition with an Arabic translation and new content, featuring a detailed history of Palmyra by Jonah Ruz, curator emerita of ancient Near Eastern art at the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York, and an interview with Walid Khaled Al-Assad, former director of antiquities and museums at Palmyra. I recently sat down via Zoom with Walid to discuss the history of Palmyra, its legacy for modern-day residents of the city, and the fate of the ancient site, which was famously attacked and substantially destroyed by ISIS fighters between 2015 and 2017. It was in 2015 that Walid's father, Khaled, a Syrian archaeologist and director of antiquities in Palmyra, refused to tell his ISIS captors where many of the ancient artifacts were hidden. As a result, he was tortured and killed. He was 83 years old. Walid, welcome to the Getty Podcast. Thank you very much. Now, first, let me say how much your father has missed since he was murdered by ISIS fighters six years ago. How is your family doing? Well, it's very painful uh, years, you know. The most painful moment when we hear uh, the news of uh, killing my father by uh, uh, ISIS, and at that time, we cannot do anything for him just to escape from the place, traveling to Damascus or Homs, then to leave uh, Syria to continue our uh, life in somehow. The family is now divided between Syria, Turkey, France, and Germany. So it's difficult to imagine when we can get the chance to join uh, together again in Palmyra. We hope that we will join together in Palmyra soon. Well, give your family our very best wishes. Thank you very much. So, Walid, Give us a picture, if you can, of the rich cultural history and legacy of Palmyra and what it was like growing up there as a child in the city that is also known as Tadmur. The Semitic name, or the Arabic name, still use it uh, till now between the Syrians, between most of the Arabs, is Tadmur, the name of the city or the village or the oasis from the Semitic times. It was mentioned by this name 2,000 years before the Christ, and still use it till now. In the classical era, Palmyra, I don't know who gave that name, but uh, it's a lovely name also. I love uh, the name Palmyra because it's maybe express 
my feeling to this the place that I uh, had birth there, and I was a child and grown up. You know, it's uh, a very fantastic oasis in the desert. The location is far away from the big cities. I, I found myself part of a, a family, and the father of the family was uh, in charge of the history and archaeology. So uh, his work, he's devoted his life totally to work in Palmyra, the ruins, the monuments, the... Uh, Oasis itself, the desert, the people, everything, he worked all the time. So I was very connected to the history of Palmyra, more than maybe the other uh, childs. Uh, I, I was very connected to the, the ruins and the museum. My father, he was trying all the time to give us the chance to see everything in the city, teach us about the, the history of the city, and he allowed us to go to the museum to be in touch uh, with the foreign archaeological missions. And I was able to go to the museum in two or three minutes to see my father, uh, of course, but also I can enjoy a few minutes to see the collection. And the site was open also. We can go there, but we prefer to go with him because we can hear from him the very specific uh, explanation and perfect answers about our childhood uh, questions. There is uh, many things to, to speak about, but I'm very proud that I am Balmerian. I love my city and I hope that I can return back soon to live there or at least to continue the mission that my father uh, started. Uh, Walid, locate Palmyra on the trade routes between Persia and the Mediterranean, for example, the importance of those trade routes and the importance of Palmyra on those trade routes. In fact, the city of Palmyra is well known in history and everywhere because it was the capital of the multiculturalism. I think uh, the very strategical location between uh, the Euphrates and the Mediterranean in the west, the center of the desert, Syrian desert, give a special importance to Palmyra because the caravans look for water and rest. A lot of caravans came from uh, Mesopotamia, uh, Persia, uh, China, Rome, uh, Egypt, Arabia. It was at that time the hub that linked East and West, the Roman uh, world with uh, Asia via the Silk Road. And uh, this gave Palmyra the chance to be more and more wealthy because a lot of goods was exchanged in Palmyra between the other uh, merchants. Also, the city was a center of uh, religious a lot of temples was there and uh, thousands of uh, pilgrims folks to the city to visit the temples there and of course the caravans and the people who came to Palmyra they exchanged their thoughts their uh, experiences their knowledge beside their goods they bring everything with them and they took many things also with them so this reflecting 
on the architect and the buildings of Palmyra, the planning of the city. It is very impressive collection. You cannot find it anywhere in the world. As a group, I mean, as a complexity. I mean, this uh, great preserved site was uh, a proof of the human ability or uh, human thinking, fusing the culture together and give a very good example about exchanging the culture and get a, a new results that uh, reflecting the East and the West with a, a special local elements or identity, I mean. Well, what about maybe the highlight uh, of Palmyra and the time of Queen Zenobia? Tell us about Queen Zenobia and her role in Palmyrene history and to contemporary residents of Tadmor who must think fondly about Queen Zenobia. Uh, Zenobia is one of the most famous ladies all over the history. She's, as uh, described in the Roman sources, the other Arabic sources also, as a, a very qualified queen, lead the, the army, riding the horses, and also have a very big court or many uh, philosophy and uh, consultants about her. She was good reading and speak Palmyrene, Egyptian, and maybe the Greek, as I remember. Uh, she struggled strongly against the Roman. She tried to continue maybe the, the same uh, plans or the same dreamings of become an emperor of the East between Rome and Persia. For the Syrians or the Palmyrene uh, people, contemporary people now, she gave them a symbolic imagination about the creativity of the women. So maybe uh, become a symbol of uh, independence, symbol of freedom, looking for uh, special personality of the Palmyrene or the Arabs. As a Syrians now, or as a Palmyrene people, if we be more accurate, uh, looking to Zanubia as uh, our symbol, we love her. Uh, my elder sister is Zanubia. I uh, went to Zanubia school, elementary school. It's kind of uh, honoring some persons by use their names in our lives. So we keep them in our uh, memory. The generations transmitted the story of uh, Palmyra and Queen Zanubia and her struggle against the Romans to build the dream of a, a local kingdom to be free of, of controlling of the Roman or Persian. That was the dream of Zenobia, and I think it's a dream of any other people who uh, occupied by some other else any time in the world. It's, it's often said of Palmyra, to a great extent, it was rediscovered by European travelers in the late 18th and in the early 19th centuries. Travelers like the French architect Louis-Francois Cassat, French photographer Louis Vigne. These are the subjects of the exhibition that is the occasion for our conversation this morning. How true is it that the Europeans came and rediscovered Palmyra? Does it seem right to you? that that's how it happened, because there were people living in Palmyra for many generations during that time. 
I think uh, rediscovering the site is some, uh, something, it's not uh, the correct term. Maybe uh, it was forgotten in the Europe uh, imagination, but Palmyra has remained uh, full of uh, life and has uh, never been devoid of its uh, inhabitants who inherited the place from their previous generations. I mean, after the destruction of the uh, Roman war against Nubia, Palmyra lost the political or the military uh, importance. But the road crossing Palmyra via the desert was very uh, important for all the other people during the 4th, 5th, 6th centuries. Just the name. Palmyra, without using Tadmor, ignoring the original name, it's kind of give the uh, Western identity to an ancient site located in the east. To ignore the origin of the people who inhabited the place for thousands and thousands of years. But uh, I don't know, maybe it's... Uh, they want to say that Palmyra belongs to us, I mean to the European thinking. They want to resist or react against the destruction of what they call Islamic action. I am not agree. I refuse totally all the kind of thinking of radicals of, from Muslims or the others, especially Daesh. When you were a child, do you remember many tourists coming to Palmyra? Yeah, a lot, a lot. And where did they come from? We were very happy to see the tourists came to Palmyra in their cars, in their truck. There is a European company with a trolley bus. We were very, very interesting to see the other people. And that make us to ask ourselves why they are coming to see our city. Yeah. How is Palmyra thought of by Syrians around the world today? Syrians who live, for example, in France, in Lyon, where you are right now, or, or England or the United States. How does Palmyra figure in their imagination about their identity as Syrians? I think uh, Palmyra has a special uh, effect on all the Syrians. You know, the civil war in Syria now still going on, and the result is unbelievable. A uh, lot of people displace it. A lot of people become now uh, refugee. Hundreds of thousands of uh, dead. So uh, there is a, a division between people. But if you back to the news or to the media at the time when uh, ISIS uh, controlled or sized the city, all the Syrians was talking about Palmyra talking about how we have to keep or to preserve the city or the monuments of the city and also the crime of killing my father. But as we talk about the rule of Zanubia and the rule of Palmyra, the Syrian consider Palmyra a part of their identity and they all afraid to lose more much than we lost till now because losing a part of the identity is 
something will not be uh, returned. Now, the world came to know Palmyra well by the tragic destruction of so many of its major ancient monuments at the hands of Isis, monuments like the Temple of Bel or the Temple of Balshamin or the Colossal Colonnade. You uh, are an engineer. What is the condition, the physical condition, the structural condition of these monuments today, and what are the prospects for conserving them for the future? I'm sorry to say that at least the uh, Temple of Bel the greatest temple in the city and the, also the ancient world, totally destroyed, blown up with uh, maybe hundreds of kilograms of TNT. In my imagination, it's difficult to rebuild it again or reconstruct it. I mean, as an engineer, we have a lot of difficulties, especially in the details of the engravements. It's very impressive decoration. The temple of Palshamin also, it's, the temple was none very well 2,000 years and preserved till August 2015. These monuments, now as a Palmyrian and uh, beside the engineer, I think uh, it's uh, a great lose that we lost it in Palmyra. It's a great lose for the humanity, for Palmyra, for the Palmyrians, and for everyone who admire the culture, the architect, the art in general. We speak about the, the greatest temple, the Temple of Balshamin, also the tower tombs that also are unique buildings in Palmyra, the colonnade and the Arch of Trimov, all are together the visual identity of well-known Palmyra everywhere. Those monuments are the most important or the unique monuments in Palmyra. We lost a lot. Now, five years ago, in 2016, the Director General of UNESCO sent a UNESCO Rapid Assessment Mission to Palmyra to assess the damage and destruction of the site and its monuments. UNESCO is often criticized for not taking action quickly enough. What is the status of Palmyra's standing as a World Heritage Site today. And has UNESCO been of help to you and your colleagues? They have to do. I mean the UNESCO, the uh, ICROM, the ICOMOS, the United Nations also. But uh, I still cannot believe why the people all around the world, the, the public people, I mean the governments or the UNESCO, the UN, the others, involved in culture or in humanity, why they do nothing to preserve Palmyra, to stop the attack of uh, the militants of Daesh. They came from uh, the resort and Raqqa, at least 200 kilometers, not in two hours. They spent about two weeks to reach Palmyra. This is ISIS you're talking about? Yeah. I cannot understand why nobody tried to stop them. Uh, for the uh, projects of reconstruction by UNESCO or... Uh, any others, I think that nothing can be done now till the war ended. We must stop any military actions in everywhere in Syria. Peace come first. Then we have to think uh, carefully about rebuilding or reconstructing what war was destroyed in Palmyra and the other uh, 
villages everywhere in Syria. So there is a, you know, there is a very sensitive relation between any site and the locals around the site. Now, most of the Palmyrene outside Palmyra, and they cannot come back. Some of them outside since five or seven, eight, eight years, or the, uh, some of them from the beginning of the war. I don't know how we can think about just rebuild the dream of Ark as example, and think nothing about the, the people who still live somewhere with a very miserable uh, conditions. To repair the site, we also have to think about the inhabitants, how we can give them the chance to live again in peace, to live without uh, fear, without uh, need, to get back their homes. How I can go to Palmyra and I cannot reach my house or just see the remains of uh, destroying houses? It's difficult. Well, what do you think the future of Palmyra is? Well, uh, it's not easy to imagine, but uh, also to say that Palmyra passed through the age, uh, many, many wars, and also earthquakes, many other disasters, but uh, also continue to live, and their people repelled it. It's like the destruction which... Uh, Cured in Europe during the Second World War. So everything changed in a few decades. World changed. So I think uh, if the war ended, things will be changed to the best, I hope. So I think uh, future is not so bad, but I hope will be not so long. I'm afraid that I will... Uh, still think about my future in Palmyra without reaching Palmyra. Well, thank you for speaking with us today. I know it's a difficult subject for you because of your family's connections to Palmyra and the tragedy of your father's death there. We hope that the exhibition at the Getty in its online presence and its translation into Arabic will make it possible for Palmyra to live for a long time, forever perhaps, in the minds and imaginations of people around the world. So thank you, Walid. Thank you very much. This episode was produced by Zoe Goldman, with audio production by Gideon Brower, and mixing by Mike Dodge-Weisskopf. Our theme music comes from the Dharma at Big Sur, composed by John Adams for the opening of the Walt Disney Concert Hall in Los Angeles in 2003. It is licensed with permission from Hendon Music. Look for new episodes of Arts and Ideas every other Wednesday. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other podcast platforms. For photos, transcripts, and more resources, visit getty.edu slash podcasts. Or if you have a question or an idea for an upcoming episode, write to us at podcasts at getty.edu. Thanks for listening. <laughs>